God's word reads, Now they were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. As I say, very familiar words to us, the words of the angels to the shepherds, where they proclaimed good news to them. And uh, as I said last week, what I wanted to do these few weeks in the run-up to Christmas is try to delve into why was the message of the angels, why was the message of Christmas such good news? Because it's very easy to hear those words and yet not feel what is so good about them. Uh, Last week we looked at how it was good news, how the angel said, for unto you is born to you, uh, for there is born to you in this day in the city of David a saviour. And we saw how it showed that God had kept his promise, the promise from right in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. God promised that a saviour would come from the seed of the woman. And this is good news because it shows God keeps his promises and there is hope. But I'd like to focus on just two words this morning, uh, those words which are very easy to pass by. Verse 11, for there is born to you this day. The angels come to the shepherds and they say to them, there is born to you this day a saviour who is Christ the Lord. It's very easy, as I say, to pass over those words and indeed to pass over the strangeness of this whole uh, part of scripture. Uh, We're so familiar, aren't we, with shepherds watching over their flocks by night or seated on the ground, an angel of the Lord coming down and glory shining around, that we forget how odd that is. Uh, The Bible teaches that Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is, as it says in verse 11, Christ the Lord. And who do you normally proclaim such news to? Well, it's to the elite, to the rulers, to the kings. Uh, Surely they're the ones who should hear this message first. And yet, the message given by angels isn't proclaimed to them. It's proclaimed to anonymous and insignificant shepherds on a hillside outside of Bethlehem. Remember, Bethlehem wasn't a major city. Jerusalem was the big city. Bethlehem was relatively insignificant, apart from the fact that King David had been born there. And yet, God chose to send his host of angels, uh, an innumerable number of them, he chose to send them to some insignificant shepherds on a lonely hillside outside of Bethlehem. That's significant. It's significant that God would choose to do that. And the significance is given to us in verse 10. Did you notice what the angel said first? 
says, And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. This is a message for everyone. Uh, It's not a message just for the rich or for the powerful or for the elite or for the super holy or for just one particular religion or ethnic group. This is good news for everyone. And to illustrate that, God sent his messengers, God sent his angels to the lowest of the low, in the most insignificant place, at an insignificant time, at night. And he proclaimed the message to Shepherd. And that is the good news I want to focus on this morning, that the message the angel brought The message of Christmas is for everyone. Look again at those words in verse 11. The angel said to the shepherd, There is born to you this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And normally, when we say a baby is born, we say a baby is born to their parents. Uh, A baby has been born to Bob and Brenda, or whoever. Uh, They're the ones who the baby is born to. But the angel says, this baby has been born to the shepherds. That's strange, isn't it? I wonder what they thought when they heard those words. A baby's been born to us? Do you hear how wonderful that is? Uh, We're told absolutely or nearly absolutely nothing about these shepherds. Uh, They hadn't won a competition uh, to be the first ones to see the Messiah. Uh, They were just ordinary shepherds looking after their sheep by night. In short, they were just like you or me. They were in their normal course of life, doing what they did presumably most every night. Just ordinary people. Uh, Perhaps some of them were battling uh, a chronic illness, maybe even a terminal illness. We don't know. And yet, the angel said to them, unto you a child is born. Some of them may not have been to the synagogue in decades. We don't know. But yet, the angel said to them, unto you a child is born. Uh, Perhaps some of them had committed great sins. Perhaps even that night they had chewing on their conscience some sin of the past, some indiscretion, some uh, had perhaps committed adultery, perhaps some had stolen, perhaps some were habitual liars. We don't know. But the angel said to them, unto you a child is born. Perhaps some of them were in debt. Perhaps they didn't know how they were going to pay their bills and they were worrying on that hillside what was going to happen when the tax man came. Nevertheless, the angel said to them, unto you a child is born. Perhaps some of them were childless themselves. Perhaps they were like Zechariah and Elizabeth mentioned in Luke chapter 1 and they wanted a child but they had not been able to have one. And yet the angel said to them, unto you a child is born. 
Now, to be clear, uh, I don't know if any of those things were the case. Uh, we don't know what the situation of those shepherds were, but that's exactly the point. The point is that whether those things were true or not, they were irrelevant to the message the angel brought them. The angel did not bring them the message because they were holy, because they were debt-free, because they were this, that, or the other. The message was one of pure grace to these shepherds. It wasn't about what they had done or hadn't done. It was showing God's great grace to all people. They were people. They were human beings. And so the message was for them. Don't have you ever been uh, to a doctor and you've gone to the doctor with some symptom that perhaps you've had for a very long time but you've not wanted to go to the doctor? Perhaps it's the men amongst us who are most susceptible to that. Uh, but you've avoided it, but eventually you've succumbed and you've gone to the doctor. And the doctor says to you, well, if only you had come earlier. If only you had come when you first started feeling that pain or saw that lump or whatever it was, I'd have been able to help you. But now it's going to be very difficult. Now I can't help you. Well, the wonderful news is God never says that to a sinner who comes to him. If you come to God, if you come to Christ, God will never say to you, it's too late. You should have come earlier. If you had come last year, if you had come two years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, then maybe I could have helped you. But not now. God never says that. That's why I read those words from the book of Revelation. Did you notice them? Uh, did you notice? I need to turn to it again. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22, Jesus says in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And then verse 17 says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Do you hear the freedom of the message? There's no qualification given there. There's no condition given there, except if you want to, you can come. If you're thirsty, you can come. And that's the message of the angels to the shepherds. There's good news to all people, whoever you are. Come and see the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in manger. Jesus himself said, didn't he? Whoever comes to me, I will by no means, I will in no wise cast out. I wonder this morning, uh, do you hate your sin? Uh, do you hate the deception in your heart? Uh, do you hate the jealousy and the envy that you sometimes feel? Uh, the uh, malice that perhaps you have, the hatred, the bitterness you have towards another people or uh, other person or other people? Uh, do you hate things that you have done in the past which you bitterly regret? Do you still feel the shame of that on your conscience? Uh, do these things trouble you at night? 
If that's so, the good news of Christmas is God says, come. God says, whoever you are, if you're thirsty, if you're burdened, if you're heavy laden, if you want to come, you can come. If you want your sin dealt with, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want it washed away, if you want those skeletons in your closet removed, you can come to Christ and he will welcome you freely. That is the answer, by the way. Uh, if anyone ever asks you the question, uh, can Muslims go to heaven? Or can Hindus go to heaven? Or can Buddhists go to heaven? Can atheists go to heaven? The answer is, whoever you are, if you come to Christ, if you hate your sin and you want it dealt with, and you're willing to lay it at Christ's feet and accept him as your Lord and your Saviour, then you can come. It's not restricted to any ethnicity or religion or people group or whatever. If you come to Christ and bow to him and accept him and trust him to take away your sin, then you're welcome. That's the wonderful message of Christmas. And that's the choice uh, that we all have to make. Uh, that's the choice we all have before us. We either choose our sin, uh, we choose to hold on to it, our guilt, our shame, or we choose Christ, and he takes it from us. That's the choice which we all have to make, even this morning. Will you keep your sin, or will you come to Christ freely? Doesn't sound like a bad deal, does it? Don't you want to be rid of your bitterness? Don't you want to be rid of your guilt? Don't you want to get rid of those things which make you feel ashamed? Well, that's the wonderful offer Christ gives. Because Christ did not come for good people. He came for bad people. Uh, a hospital isn't designed for those who are well. It's designed for those who are sick. And the good news of the Bible isn't given to those who are well, to those who are good, to those who don't need saving. The message of the gospel is given to those who are bad, to those who are sick. Now, I don't know about you, but I've uh, heard uh, quite a lot of people uh, say to me, oh, I'm too bad. Uh, I'm too bad to go to heaven. It's too late for me. Uh, I'm too bad to be a Christian. But if you say that, you've completely misunderstood what the message of the Bible is. Your badness doesn't disqualify you from Christ. Your badness qualifies you for Christ. Christ could do nothing for you unless you were bad. In that sense, the good news is we all are bad and we all need Christ. Do you want to know the harsh truth? Uh, the harsh truth is, if you say you think you're too bad for heaven, what you're really saying is you're too proud for heaven. You're too proud to accept the gift which God is freely offering to you. That's the issue. Not that you're too bad for God, but that you're too proud to humble yourself 
to him. I heard a story of a converted Hindu and he was telling some of his fellow countrymen how he became a Christian. And this is what he said. He said, I am by birth of an insignificant and contemptible caste. You'll know that in India, in the Hindu religion, there are various castes. And if you're born into a caste, that's it. That's the caste you're born into. And you have lower castes and you have higher castes. Uh, In the higher castes are the Brahmin, and in the lower castes are people like this man giving his testimony. He says, I am by birth of an insignificant and contemptible caste, so low that if a Brahmin should chance to touch me, he must go and bathe in the Ganges for the purpose of purification. And yet... God has been pleased to call me, not merely to the knowledge of the gospel, but to the high office of teaching it to others. My friends, do you know the reason of God's conduct? It is this. If God had selected one of the learned Brahmins and made um, one of you learned Brahmins and made you the preacher, when you were successful in making converts, bystanders would have said it was the amazing learning of the Brahmin. And his great weight of character that was the cause. But now, when anyone is converted by my instrumentality, no one thinks of ascribing any of the praise to me. And God, as is his due, has all the glory. That's why God chooses the weak, the poor, the sinful and the lowly. Because then he gets all the praise. He gets all the glory. It's not about us being good enough. It's about God being good enough. This is a bit of a cliche, and I've probably said it a few times already uh, over this Christmas period, but I'll probably say it again. Uh, We all have Christmas presents, well, most of us have Christmas presents uh, under the Christmas tree. Uh, But if it sits under the Christmas tree, all wrapped up, if it stays there, it's no good. It might look pretty, we might admire it from afar, but until we open the present and receive it for ourselves, it does no good. It's the same for these shepherds here. They were given the wonderful news. They could admire it from afar, but they had to receive it for themselves. They had to go to see the baby in the manger. And I wonder this morning, how many of you in that situation... You perhaps admire the Christmas story. You admire the Bible. You admire Jesus from afar. And you perhaps enjoy Christmas and you enjoy all the trappings around it. And yet you've never received Christ for yourself. That's tragic. That's a tragedy if that present, as it were, stays underneath the Christmas tree, unopened, of no use. How foolish will you feel on that judgment day when you realise that you never received the gift God was so freely offering. Listen to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12. John says, As many as received Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. The message is for everyone but it's only those who receive him for themselves who get to enjoy the benefit. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children 
of God. I'll just close uh, with a final story uh, that I heard. And it's a true story, I believe. Uh, it was told to me as a true story. Uh, there was a preacher once preaching in a church. I don't think it was a very big church, just an ordinary local church. And as the man was preaching, he saw uh, an older man walk into the back of the church. Uh, and he was carrying a brown manila envelope uh, in his hands. And as the preacher was preaching, he saw that this man looked absolutely miserable. Uh, he barely could look up, and all he did was just cling to this envelope, looking uh, completely depressed. Uh, after the service, uh, with curiosity, the preacher went up to this man and he asked him, uh, if you don't mind me saying so, you look very miserable. Uh, what's the matter? And the man explained, he said, I've just come from the doctors and I've been told that I have terminal cancer. Uh, I have only months, if not weeks, to live. And the preacher, his heart full uh, of compassion for this man, sat down with him and as best as he could, he explained the message of the gospel. Uh, he told him how Jesus came into the world to save sinners uh, that salvation was a free gift from God for anyone who comes to him. Uh, he took him through all the famous Bible verses. Uh, he went through the Romans roots, if you know that. And he showed him all the verses in the Bible which teach the gospel of what Jesus came to do, how he died, rose again, and how he's coming back again. But all through it all, the man felt nothing. And he said, I, I just don't get it. Uh, I don't understand and the preacher responded, Sir, you only have months to live. I'm going to sit here with you until you do understand. And one last time, he turned to John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he told the man to read that verse, read it out loud. And the man read, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever. And finally, he got it. Finally, the man understood. And he said, I get it. I'm saved. I understand. And the preacher said, what do you understand? And the man said, haven't you read this verse before? <laughs> Don't you see what it's saying? He understood that the message was for whoever believes on him they will not perish but have everlasting life that's the second reason this message to the shepherds was such good news because it was a message for everyone and it means it's a message to us whoever you are whatever you've done uh, whatever guilt or whatever shame you have on your conscience however unworthy you think you are the message of Christmas, the message of Christ is for you. All you need to do is receive it for yourself and you'll become a member of the family of God. That's why I've chosen uh, as our final hymn, a hymn which is in our service sheet again, and Susan's going to play this one for us. Uh, it's a carol of sorts, it's about Jesus' birth, but notice particularly the repeated refrain uh, seeking for me, dying for me, calling for me, coming for me. 
It's a message not just for everyone, but for me and for you. So let's close by singing, Jesus, my saviour, to Bethlehem Cain, born in a manger to sorrow and shame. Oh, it was wonderful. Blessed be his name, seeking for me, for me.